0: Turn in Kastosha, I talked to Ashish Anand of Brew Finance. They're tokenizing food assets in India so that farmers can get the money for their food without having to sell it immediately. so they're basically getting money up front and then after six months, they can collect their their um, food produce again and sell it on the market so it's providing a liquid asset to them. There's, they're doing quite well there's currently 1400 locations where farmers can deliver their goods to get a loan and um we have an interesting talk about how their business works where they're going how um crypto is related to this um business and how you and how different things are being tokenized um it's a very interesting episode so um I hope you take a look. Enjoy. Welcome to Kastoshi. And today we have Ashish Anand of Brew Finance. So welcome, Ashish. Did I get that right first?
1: Hey, hi, uh, Jubeir. Of course, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's perfectly fine as a pronunciation. And thanks a lot for inviting me over here.
0: Okay, so could you tell us a little bit about just a two-minute version of what your company does?
1: Okay, so so brew is a word from old Norse, and it means bridge. So what essentially we are doing that we are bridging the real world with the with the crypto world at Brew Finance. We are bridging the emerging markets with the developed markets, developed economies, and we are bridging the unbanned with the people who are willing to lend to this particular class of people like farmers, uh, shopkeepers, uh, small businesses across the globe. That's where, where Brew comes in. We have just uh, launched uh, our protocol on the testnet and we are bringing emerging market asset-backed bonds on decentralized finance.
0: Okay, okay. So so um, you're you're trying to link real world assets, I'm guessing via NFTs, um, so that um, people can use. So people can, for example, store. Like I, I looked at your website, and is this so that if a farmer is growing something, what, what happens? Does he make an NFT out of it? Um, I mean, I mean, what, what's the benefit for, for someone who's using your platform? Sure.
1: So, so there, uh, the part over here is that if you look at, uh, uh, if you look at current DeFi space, DeFi lending space, it is. Restricted to digital assets. If I have Bitcoin, I can go and uh, borrow uh, something, 50%, 60%, 70% of Bitcoin value from a platform like Compound, etc. But you look at that market. That market is less than uh, one trillion dollar in total, while the world is like hundreds of trillions of dollar. So how do we how do we get someone to be part of the DeFi ecosystem? Who is uh, uh, who is not holding digital assets like Bitcoin or Ethereum. And not only that, that is special type of person, actually you and me and everybody else who is listening to this um, uh, broadcast actually have assets which are not uh, digital assets because nobody is holding 100% crypto portfolio. So then how do we monetize that? Supposingly, I'm a small businessman. I have certain inventory with me. And my Tradify bank says that, hey, you know, because you don't have a three years of history, credit history, I'm not going to give you anything. But that person is holding inventory, which is very valuable in in the course of the business. And he is going to generate certain profit from that uh, by after selling that inventory. Similarly, if I talk about a farmer, a farmer has a harvest. Every farmer has a harvest uh, and which... Can be used. Say, for example, this farmer says that hey, you know, I'm not getting the right price in the market right now. I I would hold this. I would I would sell my barley crop after two years. uh, Sorry, after two months. I'm not willing to sell it right now. Then what happens? He goes to a bank. The bank says, hey, you know, you're a small farmer. You don't have any proof of income because you you are dealing largely in cash. I'm not going to entertain you at at all. Can we help these sort of shopkeepers? Can we help these sort of farmers? Etc. Because that's the core promise of decentralized finance, right? Bringing finance to the people who don't get it from the traditional finance. So what we do that in these cases also to secure the lenders, we get these assets, we get this deposited into certain warehouses or vaults, wherein a farmer, for example, can bring his crop, deposit it in a in a warehouse. And at that point of time, we convert, we issue a non-fungible token against the certified asset stored in a warehouse. So it is similar to like USDC is issuing USDC by keeping USD in the wall. So exactly the same mechanism we are using. And this NFT is used on the blockchain. It becomes an on-chain asset. And then, of course, it can be used for the purpose of lending as a security these are over collateralized loans so uh, so for example if a farmer has deposited 100 dollar worth of commodities in the warehouse we will lend him around 70 dollars so that the, there is security at the same time the farmer is able to run his working capital cycle he can use this money for the buying some inputs for the next crop he can use this money for his household expenses so d- d- did you say you him give him
0: 17 so sorry did you say you give him 17 or 70 70, 70. 70, oh wow, that's a
1: lot. 70%. So okay. against uh, 100 rupees of uh, $100 of deposit, we will give them $70 of deposit of a loan. So that's a 70%. Uh, because see, these are commodities. They don't fluctuate in price like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Mm. They They don't fall down by 20% in one day and rise in 20% by one day.
0: So but Do they go so, bad? Do they go bad? The, the, um, these commodities, So
1: but over a period of time, like you, uh, you. So the loan period is three to six months. Uh, short-term loans, while the commodities life will typically be one to two years. So, so the commodities which we are dealing with are are like uh, staples, like uh, grains. Then uh, cash crop like cotton, soybean, uh, corn, uh, wheat, rice, etc. So these don't go bad over a period of like a, a few months' time
0: or a, even a year or two years' time. Okay, oh that, that sounds quite amazing, actually. So, okay, so just to repeat, to see if I understand it. So this isn't for someone sitting at home, like, you know, who says, oh, I've got a computer and it's worth something and I want to borrow money off it. This is for people who, in agriculture, you know, this is for people who commercially sell things, yeah, not for um like individ- normal individual public individuals and those and if they're selling food they basically so you basically pick up they deliver it to you you take you you see the quality of it and you assess the, and and then what you do is you you give them basically you pay them to hold you t- to hold um their produce if they pay the loan then they get their produce back um, but I'm assuming do they get do they get all of the produce back if they pay the if they pay the loan off because that way you've you've spent money to store it haven't you?
2: Yeah, so
1: so what happens in these cases? First of all, uh, so we we act as a very decentralized platform. So we have a lot of network of service providers, mm. or independent service providers, mm. who provide these facilities like warehousing, storage facilities. Mm. Uh, there are independent auditors who provide valuation reports about what is the value and what is the quality of the mm. commodity so these are decentralized third parties who provide this uh, so it is not like we anybody is dependent upon Brew finance to provide a centralized view mm. this is, the view comes from uh, so like we have 1400 such sort of warehouses on the on
2: our network oh, wow. wherein this uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot.
1: Uh, so actually speaking, in the last two years, we have tokenized more than $600 billion worth of uh, commodities.
0: Oh, wow. Oh.
1: Uh, I, I believe that, uh, I mean, nobody else has this sort of real world asset tokenization record as we, which we have created. So the, to come back to the question which you asked, so as and when the farmer will repay the loan, they will get back the entire uh, proceed. However, they will have to pay the interest and they will have to pay the storage charges. Hmm. Okay. So, what do you okay. Mean-
0: so, so, they have to determine whether it's it's worth it, and if they, and so if if it comes to the end of the six months, so so does this mean you're only allowed to sell the item after the term has expired? Because if that term is two years, does that mean that you might be or someone might be holding the grain for say two years, and then farmer so says allow- not-
1: so? We don't allow two years loan. We only allow loans up to six months.
0: Okay, so after six months, if they yeah. don't pay it, then the the farmer keeps their money that they've borrowed. Uh, are they allowed back on the platform if they don't repay the loan?
1: So, so, because, uh, so what we will do that we will liquidate his asset.
0: Hmm. Okay, so it's so, just like in DeFi lending, <laughs> yeah,
1: just like okay. that. Yeah, it's over collateralized. See, the core idea of uh, right now of crypto lending is or DeFi lending is. That right now, we are just coming up as an industry. Mm. Market is not yet uh, at the right stage and not ripe mm. enough for having under collateralized or unsecured loans. So mm. these are over collateralized loans. The only differentiation between DeFi 1.0, like Compound and Away, mm. and of a platform like Blue Finances, mm. that the assets are different. Otherwise, the process of liquidation, process of lending, Mm. The load to value ratio, all of the collateralization ratio, mm. all are kept similar.
0: Okay, and so okay, so so when the, when the farm so this uses NFTs in the background, is that correct? Uh, that's true. Okay, but the farmer doesn't see the NFTs; they don't know it's part of an NFT. They just see it's a part of a service, and they get a receipt. I guess is that does that?
1: So we have given them a mobile app. Okay. So, so the farmers have a mobile app, uh, mm. which is. But it is not a crypto wallet, it's a, uh, a Web2 solution. So the mm. farmers see that they have a digital receipt. They mm. just don't know that on the back of this digital receipt, there is something called
2: non fungible tokens. Mm.
0: Oh, I see. OK, oh, that's, that's quite amazing, actually. Um, so when did you start actually getting the first people? On, I, actually, could you take us to the story of how you even came up with this sure. idea? Oh, this oh, is oh, quite oh. amazing.
1: So, so you see, I I was into I was running a freelancer type of platform for blockchain uh, people way back in 2017 18, and it was a DAO by the way. At that point mm. of time, we did not call it a DAO, but it was a group of people who were running uh, a consultancy, and we had 300 consultants from across the globe.
0: Could, 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 and, I, could I ask you to go back then? But how do how come you were even in crypto in the first place? What was your history to even ah, come up to that? Okay. <laughs>
1: Okay. All right. Let's uh, let me go back then. So I I am a accountant by qualification. Uh, Hmm. So a CPA in some parts of the world. In India, we call them chartered accountants. Hmm. And uh, and I believe in UK also they are called chartered accountants. Hmm. In the uh, US, they will be called CPAs and so on. So I have been uh, into debt syndication for many years of my life. And Hmm. I have been into currency trading and aging for almost like since 2007 Mm. before the financial crisis. Mm. So I came to know about Bitcoin in 2013. Mm. And, you know, I still have those tweets of mine which say that, hey, you know, a software cannot become a currency. I mean, have we lost our mind? We are saying that a software code can become a currency. I, I was into currency market. For me, the idea of currency was something backed by the government, power of the government. Uh, but then I, I studied started studying in BIM, the Bitcoin ecosystem in 2013. Over a period of, by 2016, I had changed. I had gone to the other side. And uh, that's how my entry happened. And I started, you know, social media, talking to people on LinkedIn, et etc. et cetera. And I realized that perhaps there is, there is a way to, for a software code to become a currency if everybody starts accepting this as a currency and so in 2017 some of us uh, uh, from different parts of the world uh, decided hey let's uh, you know what happens people are looking for uh, people are looking for uh, someone who can help them to go into this journey especially small businesses who want to enter into blockchain space who want to enter into tokenization space and so on so that's when uh, four of us decided that hey let's form a a group which will uh, act as a freelancer.com and anybody who is into uh in the blockchain space whether it's a private or public blockchain can join that uh, so we got around 300 consultants onto the platform and we started offering our services and uh, that is when uh, you know 2017-18 everybody was saying that we will tokenize the entire world we will have real estate trading over the, world, mm. or the, over the crypto exchanges, we will have everything tokenized. Mm. And what we thought that if everything is tokenized, what happens? Mm. You can trade or you will lend. If my asset is tokenized, what happens? Assets go for lending more than they go for trading. Real world asset. Mm. Like my house or your house, we don't sell for years and years. Mm. But we borrow money against that quite frequently. So that was the core idea that why don't we start something uh, which will lend against tokenized assets and that is that was in 2018.
2: Hmm.
1: So in uh, 2019 I started this. There was no DeFi at that time. So I went to, to the Fi route. Hmm. So today, uh, so what we did that we went to the banks in India and said, hey, you know, this is a product called uh, commodity finance and this is very good for the farmers of India because Indian farmers are uh, ha- are having very small land holding capacity. land holding. The land holding is something like two to uh, at an average two acres only. So we said uh, we said that this can be tokenized. There is a lot of huge blockchain here. Uh, we went to the banks and we went to the government of uh, of a state here in India called Maharashtra, one of the largest states, and they they like the idea. So we had developed our protocol by then in 2019. They liked the idea. And then we started Pilot. After a few months of Pilot, we we were liked by the government. And so we got uh, two entities of the government to become part of our protocol. Uh, One is uh, the warehousing entity and one is the banking entity. And that's how uh, how our journey took off over uh, some time. Mm-hmm. So we have been doing this uh, in in partnership with the banks. Everybody is asking, where are the institutions, right, in the crypto world? Mm-hmm. So, but here is our story where we have institutions. Mm-hmm. We have banks having like uh, billions of dollars of assets on our protocol. Um, mm-hmm. Who started lending against tokenized assets? It took us some time, but they have started. Uh, last year, to farmers in India, we gave six million dollar of loans against tokenized commodities. Uh, before that, we had been tokenizing. A uh, lot of commodities, but the lending process started around 12 months back. And now what we are doing that we are taking it further, one step ahead. So the earlier where we were dependent upon the banks for lending, and where one part of the uh, one part which was not on chain is the lending process. Mm. So our warehouses are on the chain, our auditors are on the chain, our farmers are depositing commodities, those are on the chain. But the lending still happens without crypto.
0: But how, but how did the banks see it? When you had like, did the banks understand the blockchain part? And did they? Because if I talk to people in banks, they still don't understand the blockchain, and they still don't understand lending or smart contracts. How was that reception?
1: So so as I mentioned, I had uh, I had to convince someone in the uh, who is the uh, who who is the secretary of uh, information technology here in the state of Maharashtra. So he he's a guy who is from the computer science background. He himself is an IT, uh, IT secretary. He understood this pretty well, what is the role of a smart contract. Oh, My wow. smart contracts can lock uh, the NFTs. And once it is locked, nobody can sell the NFT outside of the warehouse. Nobody can take the goods out of the warehouse because what we do, the moment it is logged into the smart contract, uh, into the warehouse, ERP system, we freeze the asset. So a moment we have a lender coming to lend, immediately the asset is frozen into the smart contract and also into the ERP system of the inventory management system of the warehouse. Mm -hmm. So what happens now, nobody can take this groups out of the warehouse. It's a locked security. So that is what happened that this gentleman understood the idea well. And then he made the Uh, other government officials and the other uh, bankers to understand the importance of this and that's how it went ahead after that new lenders came slowly they realized that how it is working so right now we are working with five banks here in india
0: okay so okay so as i understand it is you didn't just suddenly jump everything onto blockchain you ran two system parallel you ran everything on blockchain in nfts plus you did everything in the ERP system and with the banking. So you ran two things in parallel doing the same thing. And and then you're slowly moving things to the blockchain. Is that correct?
1: Uh, Not uh, exactly in that fashion. What we said that if I pitch to a warehouse that you have Hmm. to replace the ERP with my blockchain, Hmm. the guy runs so many other functions. He runs Hmm. his sales, he runs his his HR, he runs his finances on Hmm. ERP. So it is impossible for them to replace that. So what we did, that we created a bridge between ERP and our blockchain.
0: Okay, okay, I see. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay, I so if it. someone has... So I'm assuming this means that... Do you hold all the NFTs as an organization? Or do you, do you actually... Do other people actually then purchase the NFTs as well? I'm trying to find, figure out the purpose of where the NFT fits in.
1: I I understand. So... So, no, our NFT is not for trading. Hmm. I mean, it's a huge case, which is possible, but we are not using that right now. Hmm. There are reasons for that. There are regulatory reasons which don't allow us to trade NFTs here in India. Hmm. But uh, but these NFTs are actually uh, what the core idea of creating this NFT is to bring the chains, uh, bring the asset on chain.
0: Okay, so it's viewable. So you can say this person has 5,000 grains of. Of um, something.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. So it is viewable across the ecosystem. Like today, if you look otherwise, what happens that a warehouse mm. has the inventory, the bank has no visibility to that. Mm.
2: Mm.
1: So my farmer has to uh, take a ma- take a printed receipt to the bank and mm. run around the bank for 15 to 20 days to get a loan.
0: Okay. And are these public NFTs or are they private in a permissioned blockchain like could can i if i look it up on like you know using um eth or, or matic um if can i then see the contract and see what it's pointing to an ipfs are they public or are they set? Will they put in a permissioned blockchain? so so far
1: when we were running into the c5 space with the bank it was private now they are public so recently we just uploaded 17 million dollar of uh, uh, of tokenized NFTs on Matic, uh, 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 Matic chain. On and MATIC, you can see, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So on the Matic chain, you can see them. All those assets are there with all the details.
0: Okay. Do you store the actual um, like quantities on Matic, or, or do you do you um, link to an uh, IPFS or somewhere else for the data?
1: Uh, no. So what we are doing that we are actually minting the uh, NFT directly on Matic.
0: Okay, Instead so of, so all the data bank. is on is is on chain. Okay. It's on the right. chain, yes. Ah, okay, nice. So so it's all public. Okay, I like that.
1: Uh, no, so actually, it was not public till the time we were working with banks.
0: But now it's that's changing. That's now very it is, uh, yeah,
1: because we are taking it to the DeFi. So now it is public.
0: Okay, okay, and so is that? What will that enable? Will that enable that someone? I mean, in my mind, I'm I'm guessing this will enable that if someone's a banker and they say. We see that they have, say, um, um, uh, contracts for a million um, uh, grains of something. We think that the weather is going to be like this, so we think we can take that and make money off it. Um, that means they could buy those NFTs from you. But when they buy those NFTs from you, the um, produce is still in your warehouse. So,
1: so Juvet, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt here. Our model is not buying and selling of these NFTs. What okay. our model is, that sub, so Jubair uh, is a person who wants to lend to farmers in India mm. or say a small, a small business in Southeast Asia,
2: mm.
1: right? And the only way Jubair is willing to lend if the security, if the Jubair has right security. Mm. So this person, a farmer in India or a small business in Philippines, mm. both of them have inventories. Right. Unfortunately, Jubair cannot go to Indonesia, Philippines, or India and take control of those inventories.
2: Mm.
1: Mm. Right. So what we do do that we convert this NFT, uh, this convert this inventory into a non fungible token.
2: Mm.
1: All right. And I lock this non fungible token in a smart contract. Mm. And what Jubair does that it is now logged in favor of Jubair. Alright, what Jubay does that Jubay says, okay, you have logged hundred dollars worth of NFTs in, mm. in a smart contract for me mm. as a security. Mm. I am willing to give seventy dollars to this gentleman in Philippines, mm. or this farmer in Kenya, in mm. India. So mm. what happens in that particular case that you have given a uh, you have given a loan, you are helping people to achieve financial inclusion. You are helping them to get better income. Mm. By way of either selling their crop or by way of either doing more business into their mm. uh, small businesses,
2: mm.
1: and you are earning yield. So today, if you go on DeFi on our way, you will get 0.58 percent yield, mm.
2: Mm.
1: and that yield has no basis. Mm. It is coming from somewhere we don't know. Like we we did not know in what is what was happening in Anchor, mm. right? Mm. Mm. However, if you lend to a farmer here in India. Hmm. You will be able to earn the yield ranging from six to eight percent. If okay. you lend to a small business in Philippines as a lender, you will be able to earn a return uh, per annum return of maybe twelve to fifteen percent per annum. So what we did that we brought the emerging market lending opportunities to someone who is sitting somewhere in Europe or somewhere in the u s and is earning 2% to 3% on their sorry 1, 1 to 2% on their checking account
0: okay but, but what i'm trying to find out is if it's if it's an nft that's not tradable that means that at the moment that the nft must must have a future use that you envision because at the moment this could also be done without the nft is that correct
2: uh, it
1: can be done but in that case uh, i mean it can if we try to do this if we try to create a global banking market. The Hmm. problem is you will end up in the regulations and that won't be permitted most probably. So today you can- Oh, I
0: see, okay. So NFTs actually makes regulation things easier.
1: Yeah, so what we are able to do, NFTs come to you as a security and you transfer USDT to a farmer in India Hmm. and the farmer gets equivalent rupee uh, in India. Or farmers, you transfer USDT to a small business in Philippines, or you transfer uh, to a farmer in Kenya, for example. They get their fiat currency, but what you have transferred is a crypto. So what has happened that by using this crypto bridge, we have created a global financial market, wherein we are not de- going to depend upon the regulators to say, "Hey, you cannot do this."
0: Okay, I see. And is all of the logic in smart contracts? I mean. If, yes. if I'm a farmer, just say if I'm a farmer and you go bankrupt, um, and I want to get my and I want to pay back my loan. Yeah. Is is it at the moment? Do you decide whether like how to pay them back, or does a smart contract automatically pay them back?
1: Uh, uh, you mean how how the commodities get back if they repay the loan? Whether the far, how the farmers get the commodity yeah. back.
0: Yeah, Did you, you just say you just say you disappear, just say you disappear or you get bought out by an evil company? <laughs> and,
1: understood. Yeah, understood. No. So the smart contract decides that.
0: Okay, so then it can pay it will uh, make sure they get. Um, it, okay, but the smart contract can't make sure they get the grain back. But it can make but because that's the thing I'm trying to figure out is is you still have to con- you still have to link the NFT with the grain because it's a physical asset, don't you?
1: We have to. So, so see in the warehouse, this system of ours, which is blockchain, has a front end, right? Mm-hmm. Someone has to do a data entry first of all to create the non-fungible token. Yeah, yeah. That data, that data comes from different sources. It comes from a Webridge, for example. Mm-hmm. What is the quantity? Then the what is the quality? If it is a Something like a turmeric, you will get a lab report for that.
2: Hmm. But
1: it is, if it is something like corn, uh, you will get an audit report for that. Hmm. So the audit okay. report, data, all this data is put together and NFT is created. When the loan happens, automatically NFT is locked into a smart contract.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: We don't do that. I mean, the, it happens automatically. The moment uh, there is a system which says that the lender has given a loan,
2: hmm. and
1: as soon as they say that, Immediately, automatically, a uh, smart contract locks benefit.
0: OK, OK, understood. So, so I'm assuming, have you built up quite a, um, a database of different types of um, goods? And
1: uh... So we have to get the goods. So see, these are the commodities which are into the supply chain on a daily basis, right?
0: Yeah.
1: These are not like real estate, which is not sold. So that's the core idea. Why we picked commodity finances? Because it is a very liquid uh, uh, market.
0: Okay, but do you have different types like you have like drain, you have rice, you have um, do yes, you have, so yeah,
1: so we don't have fruits and vegetables.
0: Okay, you don't have perishable goods then,
1: perishable, yeah, so okay. non perishable. So we have, for example, soybean, mm. we have, for example, corn, we have cotton, uh, we have pulses, a lot of pulses. So in India, there is a big market for pulses. Mm. So then, you uh, then we have rice, we have uh, Uh, We have, for example, a lot of millets. Mm. We have uh, wheat, we have barley and things like that. Fruits and vegetables is something uh, right now we have not started working, but we have seen that there is a lot of potential in some of those as well, like potatoes, which can be Mm. there for a longer, Mm.
2: longer period.
0: Okay, and and how's this changing? Like, how's this like? What's the feedback you're getting from farmers on this? How how is oh. it changing their life? Because that's the important um, thing, really. <laughs> I, I would share some of the videos with you. I was okay. recently, I,
1: I, I was recently in a warehouse, just like that. I was just visiting one of our partner warehouses. Uh, one farmer was there, and he was he he was just sharing his life story,
2: hmm.
1: that why he came to this uh, our uh, platform. So he said, you know what happened? My son got diagnosed with a heart uh, heart problem mm. and an uh, operation, a surgery was suggested to him and I have nothing. Mm. So I came to know from one of my um, neighbors that there is this facility. If you go to this warehouse, you will get a loan against your crop. Mm. So I brought my crop there and I took the loan and because we don't ask them to go to bank, or anywhere else they get the lending directly on the platform mm. immediately so i took that money and i got my son, uh, my son's uh, operation done i mean that is the best mm. heart uh, touching story i have heard about and it gives us so immense pleasure i cannot tell you my um, that uh, this was the core idea that is mm. what we started building this for the farmers there are so many stories i will share that where they have used the money they have used for paying their uh, paying for their, uh, they have used for buying tractors also. Mm. Some of them have uh, used that money for mm. buying the, or paying the education of their kids mm. and so on. So I will share some of the recording uh, with you. The, those are in vernacular languages, but we have mm. we have put the translation there.
0: Okay, that'd be interesting to see. And t- so a, the main problem for them has been that they've had grain and sometimes is it that they just get a really bad price or they just can't sell it yet exactly
1: that's okay. that's the core thing we are awesome. solving
0: and 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 is it, is the platform growing uh, how's the growth at the moment because i know we are in this coming out of the pandemic and right, been a right. lot of so, fiscal tightening. So by the
1: way let me tell you, we did all this activity during the pandemic my mm. first pilot started on january 28th mm. and uh, in march uh, we got the pandemic coming mm. you know so whatever we have done we have done during the covid period and that's mm. That has really helped the farmers because the markets were closed. Farmers could not go anywhere. There was no market to sell, and then this they got this opportunity. Hey, you know, if you can't sell, come here, deposit it, and we will give you money for this. And that is how it started. The growth has been quite good. Um, the it took us few months to for for it to make operational because we had to tell the farmers that what we are doing. Ah, mm. uh, but we currently every month we are doing a quarter million dollar of lending
0: okay okay nice
1: and I... uh, that uh, that is only in the farmer segment um, now this year i mean we we are slowly uh, like uh, it was uh, uh, sorry I, I i said wrong it was quarter million dollar earlier now it is around three quarter million dollar uh, 700 mm-hmm. to 800 k every month which we are doing um, mm-hmm and we are expecting that by end of this year we will be reaching a 5 million dollar of disbursement uh, per per month
0: i think this is it's worth noting here for viewers who are in the west that this value they should when they com- try and convert it to us dollars they should actually make it 10 times because the because products have such a different price in in exactly yeah yeah.
1: No, so so I agree with you that, uh, that uh, I mean, on PPP basis, if I have to convert that, this will take times.
0: Yeah, it's actually a lot. Yeah, it's a lot higher. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, how do you see this like evolving? Because, I mean, the way I'm seeing it is you're providing a good service and you're using the blockchain as part of the tech infrastructure um but you've kind of like i see on your website you say defi 2.5 now the thing is you're still linked into the old system because farmers could still do this without having the blockchain component you could you could have said we won't have the blockchain and we'll give the farmers an app and they because they trust you of course um so i'm assuming that um because you're tokenizing this stuff, you've got a kind of future vision around those tokens of where you see that's actually going to be. So, so it's going to be more crypto native. Um, am I talking sense or am I reading something? No, you, you
1: are 100% right. Uh, so DeFi 2.5 is something we have coined. Uh, because what we believe that uh, Web3 is a great thing. Mm. You know, uh, it, is, it is very futuristic. Mm. But right now, it's a niche part of the world. Mm world has to, world will take a uh, number of years to become crypto. Hmm. So crypto cannot sit in isolation and say, hey, we'll wait for the world to come to us. Hmm. We have to go to the world, right? Hmm. So that is where the core idea was that using, DeFi, using this blockchain protocol, can I create two things? One, can I create a global financial market? Hmm. So that is the core idea that by tokenization hmm. and by bringing it over a permissionless ledger, mm. I am allowing anyone to become a borrower and anyone mm. to become a lender. Mm. What is our job? Our job is only to facilitate that transaction and providing an assurance that you, you know, NFT is really backed by something. Mm. And that's the one part. And the second part is can we create a global market as well?
2: Mm.
1: As COVID has showcased us, as the current going ongoing war has showcased us, you know, mm. That food commodity security is a very important part of the world's life today. Food security especially.
0: Wait, but your system so, systems in India only at the moment, is that correct? At
1: the moment. But uh, but our vision is so right now we signed up a partnership in Philippines with the farmers group. Hmm. Uh, we also signed up uh, a partnership with uh, in, South, in Singapore hmm. uh, with a stable coin uh, issuer so that we can do the transaction in the native currency. Of Southeast mm. Asia. Mm. So these are the partnerships which we are signing. We are actually taking, looking to take it global. Our In India, we have been supported by World Bank, for example. Mm. Uh, so uh, they, they funded us, our journey as well. Mm. And uh, now that is helping us to take it to other parts of the world, like uh, agencies who are like, uh, uh, say, for example, uh, FAO, food, uh, food and Agriculture Organization, or JICA from Japan, they all are in discussion with us that how we can take this solution
0: to africa okay so so can i go back once uh, again so if i'd been a farmer in the old days and i had my and i had my crop and i wanted to and 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 i couldn't really i mean if if some if they can't sell their crop hmm. does this mean that you you do you're the one you've become also a bit like a market because you have to assess that crop but if a farmer couldn't sell their crop Um, how painful was it say before the pandemic to get that crop assessed or do they not know i mean what how did that work what was the process before you came along you existed
1: the major problem was that the farmer was forced to sell
0: oh i see so so he had to keep everything on his land as well
1: yeah because and the storage i mean you cannot keep on the land you know Mm. there is so much problem plus if, if a farmer, especially a small farmer doesn't have liquidity, hmm. how he's supposed to run his household? And farming is just like another business. So you need hmm. uh, working capital for the next cycle and continue doing that. So as a farmer, if I don't sell my crop, I hmm. don't have money for my business, which is farming. Hmm. Neither I have money for uh, running my household. Hmm. So in, oh, in okay, emerging
2: market,
1: In emerging markets like India, Hmm. what happens that the farmers are forced to sell if they are getting yeah. 30% lower they will have to sell that because they have no other option
0: somebody okay, that, else, that makes sense.
1: buy from them store them for two months and hmm. sell them
0: okay and for you like i guess part of your business and also one of the risks you have to manage is when you get all of this um, inventory in you have to make sure you have proper cooling proper humidity and you know pest control so that you don't because because if you get the in because what happens then if you get the inventory in and you have a fire in your warehouse or someone sabotages it because then because because then the farmer can't get their product back, that kind of breaks the contract what what happens in a case like that
1: So every deposit in the warehouses is insured
0: okay. Okay, so these are your costs. These are your costs.
1: Yeah, so because they pay storage costs, so there is insurance which is taken by the warehouses Hmm. uh, on our platform. Hmm. And today in our warehouses, it is something like uh, $800 million of insurance because the commodity value is around $600 million. So Hmm. $800 million of insurance like this to uh, protect against any sort of loss, including burglary, plus Hmm. like a fiduciary fraud, someone takes it out of the warehouse, mm. or the warehouse keeper himself uh, takes it away from the warehouse and things like that. But each and every activity, there is an insurance. And when we generate this NFT, the insurance data is also provided. Like
0: okay, who is so, okay, so you have these 1,400 people who, um, or, or companies who are doing storage. Have you had any bad actors in the system? Any cases where people uh, have have taken the food and sold it themselves? and
1: so not 1,400 companies, a few companies who have these many number of... 1,400
0: locations. But have you yeah, had any 40... cases where things have been stolen? And...
1: Uh, not stolen. We had only one case so far in the last uh, two years where one person tried to take loan from two places.
0: Oh, so w- 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 so what do you mean? So they had the grain. Yeah. And, but how could they do that? Because they must have delivered the grain to the first location... Then, then hmm. they didn't have the grain. So how could they try and get it from oh, the So non-profit? what
2: they
1: did that uh, they, they came to our platform, hmm. got the NFT generated. Hmm. Then on, this pla- on our platform, they applied for a loan. And what they did that they just created one fake receipt and went to someone and said that, hey, hmm. you know, I have this receipt. But unfortunately, the guy did not know that any which way, even those people who are not, those lenders who are not on protocol, they will come back to us to verify. And we have kept that part open. Anybody can verify that mm. whether this receipt, uh, which is coming from our warehouses, mm. is that a genuine receipt on the blockchain. So mm. our, um, uh, so, so Explorer part of that is open.
0: Okay, so, so someone lied and said that they had uh, goods they didn't have, but yeah. it failed the verification. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, so, that so, so it couldn't have even worked. So, so you have a good safeguard. Okay, I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that, that has that is what we have seen. Nothing else has been... Uh, uh, we have, in one year, zero delinquency. I mean, there is not a single case where the loan was not repaid.
0: Yeah, it reminds me a bit of microfinancing because they have a very good um, payback. Um,
1: yes, but we are different from microfinancing in one sense. Mm. Our cost of lending is... Thirty percent to fifty percent of microfinance cost.
0: Okay, so it's a much lower cost. Yeah, yeah. Much lower.
1: So microfinance in India runs typically at twenty-four to twenty twenty-four to twenty-six percent per annum.
0: Okay, okay, and uh, two um, Okay, okay, and, and when people nine to twelve percent, yeah. Okay, and when people out of all of the farmers who send, I, I know I'm saying grain, but it could be something else. So if they send you their grain, how much? What percentage of them? or well, what percentage percentage of the produce you get do they actually take the produce back at the end 100% oh so 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 all of them actually take back their produce at the end of the time they, they so they pay back the loan you've had yeah not- exactly
2: oh, that so is what i said
0: oh, so you haven't had to have a single case where you've actually sold the goods at the end
1: exactly that is what i said zero delinquency means uh, I mean, sorry, I used a banking term. Mm -hmm. I should not use that term in uh, in here. In I should say zero liquidations from in the DeFi language. If I have to say, I would say zero liquidations so far.
0: Okay, that's good. That means that the it was a a fairly stable price market because I think the real test, but and the real test I'm guessing is is when if you have a time when a lot of farmers, you know, you pay them the seventy percent, and then the market falls, say fifty percent.
1: Right. That that's is the, when. That's the difficult.
0: Market. That's the real test. That, that, yeah, that, that's the yeah. test you also have to face.
1: I agree. I agree with you. Fortunately, commodity markets are quite safe markets from that perspective. Of course, sometimes we will have in cash crop, especially yeah. I have, like in Soya bean, it happened in India. Hmm. But that was a very temporary dip. It happened for like five to seven days all of a sudden from 5000 rupees per quintal which is something mm. like you can say 700 dollars per quintal mm. the price jumped to 1400 dollars per quintal within a 3 4 days. Wow. and within next 3 4 days it came back to 5000 rupees per quintal so,
2: oh, I so see. Yeah, okay. that
1: happened last year we saw that so that is when the soybean bo- uh, farmers last year we saw that happening but Because this is a small part of their deposit and the loan, we saw that even those farmers paid it back because it was not the fluctuation, was only for a very small period of time.
2: Okay, okay, yeah.
1: So for that, we have safeguarding mechanisms. When there is a fall of 10%, at that time, we reach out to the farmers that, hey, you have to pay us more deposits.
0: Okay, so they might have to pay some of the loan back or they have Uh, to give you some more produce. Yes. Some of okay, the more so that's pretty... how DeFi a lot of DeFi ones work as well. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Except yeah. that we have kept the margins at 10%. So every 10% fall, we will go to them and say, Hey, you you pay us back or you deposit more so that my collateralization ratio of seventy percent is maintained.
0: Okay, otherwise you liquidate the position.
1: Oh yeah. I mean but you but haven't I... had to do that yeah. yet, yeah. Yeah, we and never had
0: that. And how's the price determined? Do you do it manually? Do you sit around and discuss it manually and determine it on a day-by-day basis? Or do you use some sort of outside price or is it a combination of that and outside? So we,
1: have, we have price oracles for this purpose. Yeah, okay. So we, we get the price data from several exchanges, uh, hmm. all commodity exchanges in hmm. India, and we put that price together. And hmm. that price is the, becomes the average price.
0: Okay, and how do the commodity exchanges react to this?
1: So commodity, so certain. I mean, in India, I can go to the National Commodity Exchange and CDEX, and I can get the data on a daily basis without paying them anything.
0: Okay, okay, fair enough. No, no, but I mean, are they have? I guess at the moment you're too small for them to care about it. But as you're growing, are they starting to? Are they uh, starting to see that this is a model they're interested in, or you know, acquisition? Actually, we
1: have proposition from one of the exchanges to become their partners. By the way.
0: Okay, okay. So so, okay. so, they have noticed you. Okay, and great.
1: Actually speaking, what happens in India, there are commodity futures market, but there are no electronic spot markets. Mm.
0: So, okay. the, so the, the spot, current price, they don't have the current price.
1: No, you okay. have. You have the price. It comes from the daily market. So mm. what happens that markets are controlled in agri-markets in India are controlled by the government. Mm. So every day the government will publish that this is my price for the day.
2: Hmm.
1: Not the price for trade. It will publish that what was the trade
0: data. Okay. Okay.
1: And we have developed Oracles which pull the trade data and push it on the platform.
0: Okay. Okay. So when you're talking about the oracles to get the data, because so you're developing this stuff in the crypto space. Is is the stuff you're doing are you using existing stuff and keeping it private? Or I mean I know the stuff you have is on the blockchain, the smart contracts, but are you also like are you making standards that other people can use as well, or? Uh,
1: so at this moment, no. Uh, we we worked on the use case side. We hmm. did not work on the infrastructure side, but probably in future it will be possible.
0: Okay. Okay. So I think now also understand about the position you're in now, and how you and, and you you want to take this system, and you're trying to get it and you're trying to get it into Singapore and Philippines as well, um, and so so that makes a lot of sense to me. So where do you see like the whole future of this um, in relation to like, like where do you see crypto is taking this whole industry for um, farming and finance and everything? Where, where, what do you see is happening in the like, next five years? So,
1: so see, I mean, we are into the farming space. But if you look at hmm. uh, in the last few months, you have products like uh, you have platforms like Goldfinch, you have Centrifuge. Uh, you have now's platform and uh, now's capital, and all uh, who have tried to bring this uh, bridge between the real world assets and the uh, crypto lending. And that market has well established. Goldfinch has grown like anything. Now, mm. Centrifuge has become a like 700 million TVL platform. Mm. However, what distinguishes Brew Finance from everybody else who have tried this? Uh, that Brew Finance has this entire established chain in the behind. We have the borrowers, we have the tokenization protocol, we have the vaults, and all of that is uh, different parties. They are not owned by us. So they are, in a very way, they are decentralized as well. And the borrowers make the loan request directly to the platform. However, when we talked about send likes of send what they have done that they take money from Baker, give it to FinTech in somewhere in the world, and that FinTech is further distributing So what we are trying to do that we are trying. So we see that this market is growing. Everybody in last 15 to 30 days has talked about real world markets Mm. after the fall. So we see that this market is growing and everybody's attention is coming to that. However, where we are building that, okay, we will bring a a better decentralized version of this than taking money from the crypto protocols and giving it back to the pandemic so that the transparency of the assets and transparency of the lending is on the chain instead of going behind the walls of a bidday okay. somewhere. Okay. So, so what we see that in future, uh, it is my opinion, and I have been building for this future for last uh, almost three years now, that in my opinion, the future is a, a mix between the crypto and real world. Otherwise, crypto will not uh, have the growth which we want crypto to have. And that is where we are, Maker has started its uh, uh, with Centrifuge, they have started the real world market. Aave has started their own real world market. Protocols like uh, Goldfinch have come, BrewFinance have come. So when all of us are going towards this, we believe that this is the next Frontier 45, actually speaking.
0: I think this is so interesting for me because I'd, I'd heard, like you said, in 2017, people were going mad about tokenizing stuff. But the thing I always had in my head was, how, how do you know that when you have a token, it's act, that the actual thing is there? So, what do you think is a big mistake that people, because because I've seen some companies trying to tokenize things, but I mean, for example, like you can see people trying to tokenize the dollar, and then they, you know, and if it's algorithmic, they have to keep the peg. So, yeah. the only ones which work are things like USDC, which put it in a vault, which is the same as you as you gave the example in the beginning. You're the equivalent equivalent of USDC because you store the the, the things in a location. Do you see a lot of players and companies in the space um, who are tokenizing things, but they don't have the underlying asset there?
2: Uh
1: I don't believe in. Uh, I mean, I believe that will create more problems than the solution. Be
0: no, 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 I'm saying, do you see a lot of, have you come across, you don't have to mention names, of course, but have you seen, because I'd consider these bad actors where they're trying to recreate the fractional banking system of, you know, of, and, and and where they're selling tokens for things which don't exist. For example, like with Bitcoin exchanges, if you buy a Bitcoin in an exchange, they just add one to a database inside the exchange and then they lend out your money often. And they don't even have the bitcoin you know so So they're just taking your money and lending it so you're double exposed um so do you see that there's a lot of this sort of stuff going on with people saying they're tokenizing things so i
1: did not see this sort of behavior maybe perhaps i I did not get exposed to that sort of behavior but what i have seen that uh, people have made business decision mistakes for Hmm. example they wanted to tokenize real estate. Hmm.
2: Uh,
1: their idea was that they will create a liquid market for that. The problem is that the people who live in the houses, they don't want the liquid market for this sort of uh, what their asset is.
0: Oh, so they don't I, want to be kicked out suddenly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly.
1: point. Yeah. Or, or they, they don't want that their asset is... Uh, like they are not going to trade on a daily basis, right? Mm. So so why to create a derivative market on top of that? So I believe that what where the asset tokenization companies went wrong was that they were looking for creating liquidity in markets which were not really needed, when liquidity was not really needed. And that's why we have seen that uh, there are a number of organizations who, who have not been able to ca- crack deals or have been able to, create just one single NFT over a period of three years, despite being funded yeah. millions and more billions of dollars yeah. by the uh, venture capitalists. Yeah. So, so that we believe was the big mistake into this space, but I believe that, uh, so Swift recently came up with a report. It says that by 2025, $24 trillion of assets will be tokenized.
0: Yeah.
1: So I believe that, uh, that now people are changing that and, uh, number of things will work towards this direction. Because assets are token,
0: sorry, if these assets are tokenized, does this mean that the NFTs that you make eventually, because at the moment, you know, like there's a lot of games and, and in some of these like play to earn games, they have their own NFTs, but you can't use those NFTs outside of that game. Does this mean that the NFTs you have in the beginning, they're only used by Brew Finance by yourself? Does this mean that at some point there'll also be a use case to have the NFT used outside of your organization?
1: Uh, certainly. I mean, this, see, first of all, it is not within the organization. Our NFT are actually property of the borrowers. Prop, sorry, property of the depositors who have deposited in the warehouses. The NFT is only giving it a color of a token, and Blue Finance is facilitating them. We don't have any ownership of them. But you are very much right that today they are being lent on the brew finance protocol. Tomorrow, mm. anybody can come in and plug into their system. They can say, hey, you know, I'm in Cambodia mm. and I have uh, a lot of uh, small uh, businesses over here who are looking for financing of their receivables. Mm. So they can plug into our brew finance ecosystem. And similarly, we can start lending to those small businesses Mm. those protocols as well who are actually tokenizing some part of their asset somewhere else in the globe Mm. and also it helps to create a global market for the assets Mm. not the huge primary use case we are Mm. focused upon but it does it can create a global market for the assets uh, wherein the assets can be transferred using a token okay and the position of the asset can be taken at a later stage
0: okay yeah i mean like just say for example OpenSea or uh, you know you know mintable as well so so, yeah. so so just say OpenSea or Mintable suddenly um, started to list um, uh, like commodity assets on their platform. You know, which is very possible. Um, if they started to list commodity assets, then does this mean that if you're if you were a farmer and just say um, you you that they had borrowed, they'd borrowed money from you and they'd got the money they'd got the cash. But then suddenly they were like, you know, I have to change my life. I have to, I want to leave the country. I want to do, I'm going to do something totally different. I don't want to pick up my grain. Does this mean that they could then sell their NFT to another farmer and then he could pick up the grain at the end of the contract? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) We already
1: have designed that. Actually, we already have designed that system here in India. Okay. We already did that. But in India, we ran into regulatory trouble when we tried to do that.
0: Ah, okay. So you so you can do it, but you're not allowed to make technically it. Technically,
1: I can do that. Regulatorily, I'm not allowed to do that. So we have applied to a license for this exactly the
2: same purpose.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So so going to licensing, does this mean that when you have the like when you're doing these platforms in Singapore and Philippines, you'll also have to have a local team to sort out the licensing and the warehouse and everything there and understand that's, the local that's, culture?
1: That's true. That is what I was saying. That uh Blue Finance will partner with other uh, organisations, mm. like in Philippines, where we have partnered with the farmers' organisation. Mm. It's the farmers' cooperative, mm. which has uh, around sixty thousand farmers with them. Mm. And now they will take care of the local part over there.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Okay, okay, because the, um,
1: yeah, mm. no, because God, it is impossible for us to you know understand the language to make the people understand what we are doing unless and until we have
0: local support okay that makes sense that makes sense um and um i was going to also ask about um um the f- oh yeah so so for farmers i'm talking about the future i want to talk about the future of crypto and so As like like, where do you see it going? Like, if you like, do you ever when you talk to farmers? I assume people have everyone has a mobile phone and they'll have their local language installed on it. So I know in India you probably have to. Do Do you deal mostly with local the local languages or just English or Hindi? Uh,
2: no no
1: no, we have to deal in local languages. So we have a lot of languages in India, and Mm. at least thirty to forty of them are mainstream languages. So we have to work in those. Like for example. Uh, uh, where we we are pro- predominantly working, government of uh, with the government of Maharashtra, so our mobile app everything is in Marathi language. Even
0: okay. The okay.
1: Yeah. Which I will send to you will be in Marathi language.
0: No, I'm, t- no, I'm actually half Indian from um, Karnataka, so so oh, I, see. I know like there you'll have Kannada, uh, for example. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We'll make, that makes sense. Okay. And how do you find farmers? Like when you. When you talk about it's on the blockchain, do they understand that or do they just care about the cell? Like, uh, like, no. Do you ever have to talk about MetaMask or like, do you, do you see people in India, maybe say people who've grown up in a, not in a big city, like in a village, do they understand concepts like MetaMask and crypto and digital currency and all that?
1: No, no way. Okay. <laughs> so what they know, what they know that I have a mobile phone In this I can download this app and in this app i can see all the deposits which i made on the warehouse and i can click one button which will say borrow i mean in their like local language and it will connect me to a bank and the bank will give loan and transfer the money to my bank account okay
0: okay, okay so
1: they understand this process that mm. this mobile app gives me information about all the deposits i have made in the warehouse and against that, I can borrow money from using this mobile phone. Number of our farmers don't have mobile phone also, hmm. or sometimes they don't have a smartphone. Hmm. So for them, in the warehouse, we have given a system, dedicated system, where they can come and can uh, do all these activities related to borrowing, etc.
0: Oh, okay. But who gives the support? Because it's your, is it your, the, your partners? They give the support. So
1: the, the partners. So in okay. every warehouse, there are two persons who would take care of these activities.
0: OK, OK, that makes sense. OK, I think I think last question then about, um, I, again, again about India, actually. So do you think, um, like, have you traveled, you've, I assume, traveled to Singapore and Philippines or?
1: I have traveled to Asia uh, quite extensively. Um, but uh, so in emerging markets, yes.
0: OK, so which countries do you think are really, I mean, I know Singapore is very advanced with crypto and stuff but what's your opinion of the countries in asia and how and, and the future of crypto in these countries and how because i know in india I had some very difficult regulation with crypto what do you see is the future of crypto in asia
1: so so see asia has been one of the early adopters of crypto actually speaking especially at retail level mm. uh, india was a different story but you look at japan you look at singapore you look at korea these were the markets you look at dubai Mm. So these were the markets which actually adopted. You, mm. Even if you look at Thailand, for example, mm. if you look at Indonesia, all are the places where crypto was fairly mm. adopted. Mm. And number of times I have seen for the last several years that crypto was also used for remittances, a lot mm. because number of these uh, countries supply migrant labor to different parts of the world. So I have seen them being adopters both on, the, both on the real adoption and remittances especially and also on the speculation part. So Korean mm. speculation is well known across the globe. Mm. Japan was on one of the first few countries to issue licenses up to the exchanges in mm. the world. Singapore has been uh, quite active on the crypto front. Their, even their monetaries, the MSA, their, their central bank is quite active on that front. Dubai has actually adopted a lot of blockchain uh, Innovations and is now turning into the new crypto hub of uh, Asia. Actually, uh, most of the uh, com- most of the uh, Indian founders in the Web three space mm. are today based in Dubai.
0: Yes, correct, <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So, so that is where we are seeing. So, in my opinion, because Asia has this ha- habit of leapfrogging technologies, mm. we, we were not at the uh, at the. I mean. Uh, for last so, so many centuries mm. i mean after the 17th or 18th century till that time we were at the forefront of the um of the innovation and all but after that we have been quite uh on the other side of the curve so what happens in each country that you see a lot of deep mm. so in india landline phones never became you know mm. quite uh, popular but mobile phones are very popular now mm. pager was never a thing in india mm. never came Mm. PCs are not uh, available in most of the places in India, mm. for example,
2: mm. but everybody
1: has got a smartphone. So what I see that crypto will have a similar impact here. Mm. The Asian economy will adopt crypto and will adopt into the big way because it solves their lot of problems which are not actually even prevalent in countries where you have good financial ecosystems as this. Well. Mm. But these were the countries which will actually give birth to real usage of crypto. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that's, that. That's my opinion. Yeah, And you said that a lot of Indians are going to Dubai. Could you expand on that a bit?
1: Ah, okay. <laughs> a lot of Indian web3 founders because of the taxation the rules in India and lack of clarity on uh, regulations. So mm. they have moved to Dubai. Uh, yes. It has. Uh, and uh, that's where... Uh, so Dubai has become, you know, the de facto... Uh, place for everyone who is uh, trying to oh. do anything in this. Oh really?
0: Year. Not not Singapore. I would have imagined it would have been Singapore. I didn't know it was it Dubai. It was.
1: It was till last year.
0: What? Why? What changed? Uh,
1: so, so Singapore has started uh, tightening its regulations around it.
2: Hmm.
1: In, uh, since twenty 2020, twenty 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 one, we have seen that, and also because at the time of at the time of COVID, Singapore was one of the tightest regimes to get a visa.
0: Oh, I see. So, it's, I think it's easier to go to Dubai than Singapore.
1: Yeah, I'm going to Dubai on twenty eighth. So, I mm. just applied for visa day before, and I got mm. my visa uh, yesterday night. Mm. And uh, so, I am going there for a fintech uh, uh, for a fintech event. Um, and uh, so, so then, so that is what has happened. And uh, you know, uh, so in du- especially in Dubai and Sarja, and there also there were a lot of uh, Indian mm. people. So that has helped to create a ecosystem
0: as well oh wow that's amazing I, I didn't know that i didn't know that so uh,
1: so so they are i mean nowadays what we have seen that even asian asian uh, uh, like the people from asian crypto hubs like uh, singapore korea also hmm. number of them are also moving to dubai
0: oh so they're leaving one crypto hub and go still yeah. going to and go to an even better one so it's, <laughs>
1: So so it is like hopping, you know, uh, um, so everybody was Switzerland, from there they went to Bahamas, and from there they went to Singapore. Now Dubai is the next uh, destination for everyone.
0: Oh, have some people left Switzerland as well for Dubai?
1: So I won't say Dubai, but if you see that whatever was the hub in 2017-18, hmm. uh, Switzerland, yeah, Estubia, yeah, they are not popular in it. Gibraltar, they are not popular anymore.
0: Yeah right. I mean I'm based I'm based in Gibraltar but you know oh, yeah, but no no but it's, it, here I mean there's only a handful of crypto companies it's not many it's not like exactly. Dubai you know in Dubai I mean from what i hear like you know not every second person but there's a huge <laughs> there's a huge it's a lot bigger i mean Gibraltar is a small place uh, so exactly and, and it's very highly regulated that's the thing it's Hi- uh, so
1: it's regulated no doubt about that yeah. but uh, then you live in dubai and uh, trade somewhere else, and that is how the business has been
0: created ah, okay okay ah that makes sense okay so um i think i've um I've exhausted all all of my questions I think you've answered everything really well um would you like to uh, spell out for the sake of the audio podcast um where people can find you and the name of the company and stuff like that um sure or-
1: of course uh, so um, as uh, I am Ashish Anand from Brew Finance. Our website is www.brubrew.finance and uh, our uh, Twitter channel is finance. Uh, we are also with the same ID on Telegram as well. So you can, uh, so everyone can find us there. I myself, my uh, Twitter, Telegram, Discord, everything is Cryptfin
0: what C R Y double P. No C R Y P T P T P T. Yeah, I can't even so, spell crypto <laughs> yeah, <it's a> C <laughs> so and a pin. Yeah, fin. so F Y N. And that's your personal one. That's my personal one. Okay, great. All right, underscore
1: finance
0: is the official one. Okay, so it was really nice to talk to you and um. And uh, I'm going to keep an eye on your project. um, So thank you very much for today.
1: Sure, Jumeir, thanks a lot for inviting me. And we just launched our testnet. Please test our product, give us your uh, valuable feedback, and we will try to improvise that.
0: OK, and they can get to your testnet from the main website, can they?
1: Uh, On on our main website, also, um, you can find it. um, um, So it's available on the Matic, so you can see over there.
0: OK, great. OK, thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thanks, Jumet. Have a nice day. Thanks. You too. Nice, nice evening, Nada. Bye.